Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is usually not longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is going to be a, a bit of a weird one uh, because I have made a new app and I'm asking you all not to go find it. <laughs> Please don't use it. Please don't go searching for it. Because uh, if you search, you know, you can find it, but please don't. Because this is an app that is made for about 15 people who live around me. <laughs> That's yeah. it. And the reason I made it, you know, I, I talked, um, you know, last time about, you know, uh, just kind of unblocking my, my mental block and my developer depression by doing a new fun little project. And I did it, and it's out there, and it's being used by about three people so far, and I hope to get about 15 more over the coming weeks. Uh, and and all it is is an app for people who live on Fire Island who have driving permits in the winter to share reports about beach conditions because it, it matters when you're driving here. You, you kind of want to know, like, oh, is the beach passable today or whatever. And it's, it's a very, very specialized thing. And I thought it was interesting to talk about, not because I want anyone to find it because I really don't, really please don't, um, but because... It, it taught me a bunch of new things, and I think there's value there, as discussed last time. And also, I thought it was interesting because it is very different from everything else that I have done on iOS so far. It's like extremely different in so many ways. Um, and, and so first of all, I think it's, I think it's worth like, you know, clarifying like, who, who are these people that, that want this app? And it's mostly, it, again, it's a very small group the the maximum number of people who even can have a driving permit here is something like 200 and so and it's mostly older people who have been here for a long time or it's contractors who come on and you know work here during the day in the winter building houses or fixing things up or whatever and so this is not a technical audience for the for the most part it is an older audience for the most part and it is, uh, I mean, not even all iPhone owners. You know, a lot there's a lot of Android people. So, which I'm not serving at all, frankly, because I don't I don't know how, and <laughs> it's I don't I don't want to learn just for this, just for just for twelve people. Um, so anyway, so that gives kind of context on on what this is. Now the other thing is, I have a feature that uses background location, and I, I've I've mapped out map segments to say, all right, these are the two main routes people take. And I have route segments and I have geofences at different points throughout them so the app can be woken up in the background and can record automatically whether you're driving on one of the two known route segments and how fast you're able to do it. And then it reports to the server in some you know, super privacy-sensitive, you know, anonymous way with the identifiers that change every 24 hours like that, hey, somebody was able to drive at this speed on this segment of the route at this time. And then it reports to other people with like green lines in the map, like this route's known to be good right now. And so that's the basis of the app. And there's also things where you, know, you can report, you can add user reports and comments and everything about, you know, hey, the beach is foggy today or whatever. And so, and this is, this is what the app needs to be for these, for this very small group of people. This is all it needs to be. And it's going to have very, very high value to very few people. Now, the dynamics of like a- appealing to this group, this is, so different from Overcast. So first of all, every user matters. Every installation <laughs> matters because yeah. it's such a small targeted group that I can't have like, you know, like one of the things I did was I maintain iOS 15 compatibility. 
So even though it's a brand new app after 16 is out, but I know that some of these people are going to be on older iPhones and iOS 15 is therefore required. And sure enough, I have, I believe, two or three people using it right now who aren't me. At least one of them I know is on iOS 15 because I helped her install it on her phone. <laughs> and, and, I, and there was a weird bug with, like, with SwiftUI like, presentation dismissal. I'm like, that's weird. I'm like, what is, is something different? And I looked, let me check. What is this on iOS 15? I went and go check. Yup, this is iOS 15. All right. And then I knew I had to go submit an update. And the other thing is that this is kind of a small social network app in the sense that there is a strong network effect. If you are the only person using it, it is not useful to you. You, we need people using it. And so in addition to having to make sure that I get like a few key people on this who like drive a lot and everything, I also need to make sure I'm not spreading the word about it within this community too early. Because if I tell everyone up front, hey, everyone go use this right now. And everyone rushes in and tries to use it on day one and sees there's no data there, they will all bounce out and never go back to it. Sure. So there's all these considerations of like, how do I stage this app? But it's 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 the same considerations you'd have when building like a really big social app, but on a tiny tiny scale. And it's it's been this really fun exercise. And again, like you know the, the way I, the way I design the app, you know it's all Swift UI, all modern Swift using a lot of Swift async stuff. But it, you know I've never used core location in a meaningful way. Um, I've never used background location and all the the permissions therein. Um, notification permission, like, you know, all this stuff like that, that I, I either have never used or use very lightly or use very differently in the apps I've made so far. And it's, it, I use a photo picker. I use the camera picker. Um, the, all these different, um, you know, different capabilities that I, that I need for this, for this one app that I've just never used before. And I have, I, it's been, it's been so fun and it's, it's been like, it's kind of like, you know, when if, you know, if you're into fitness, if you do a workout and you work out some muscle that you've never used before and you're insanely sore for three days afterwards in some weird spot in your body. Sure. <laughs> it's like, like, wow, I have inner thighs. You know, like there's, you know, <laughs> weird things that, you know, most people don't exercise very well. Like, oh, my my hip flexor is sore. What? I didn't know I had that until yesterday. You know, um, it's kind of like that for iOS developers. And I've really enjoyed this process. Even though, you know, it's not, again, it's not going to be something, oh, I use Swift charts even because I made a tide graph. Like, it's just, it, I've used so many things in this that either are new that I haven't had a chance to use yet, like some of the Swift async stuff and a lot of Swift UI, uh, or that I've just never had a use for. And, like, the process of staging it out to people, and, like, the whole reason I had to get it in the App Store, that, the whole reason to do that, this group... Uh, because every installation counts, I knew test flight was a no go. Because you know, I, I, I thought, like you know, if I if I give this to a couple of beta testers, they put it on their phone, and these are like people I, who I want to be using it, you know, driving every day, giving good data to the app. What if the build expires? What if the you know like like or you know what if they they replace their phone and restore their phone like how how hard is it going to be to ever get them to install it again? If I how hard you know it's going to be a mess. And I'm like, you know, I can't, I can't deal with that. So I just, I need to get it just in the app store. <laughs> just, and then, you know, just do my best to test it. Sure enough, I, ha- I had a couple of bugs. I submitted an update, fixed them. I still have more bugs. I'm going to fix them soon too. And it's been so much fun. And it's been a, a massive distraction, but in a really good way, because 
you know, I, I've used, you know, from, from high-level things, as you know, the APIs I was just talking about, to low-level things that I hadn't used before. Like, I hadn't used um, Swift coding, like encodable, decodable. I hadn't used that, yeah. like the JSON serialization stuff uh, built in now to the language of the coding keys, enum, and all that stuff. Like, there's been so much advancement in that area in the last few years. And now I'm thinking, like, you know, I can actually really use this with Overcast and with my other stuff. And, you know, as I'm thinking about how to how to transition Overcast over to CloudKit uh, for user data and and you know, how to architecturally do that at the low levels. Like, I'm learning so much stuff. All the async stuff. Wow, is the async stuff good. <laughs> and I still only have a very basic understanding of it, but it's really good. The, the main actor stuff. Using Swift UI for, for a non-trivial thing here. You know, the, I mean, well, it's trivial, but, you know, I'm using, using Swift UI for also, like, all the permission screens. And um, I, I didn't use it for the map, I wrapped the map and, you know, the view representable stuff um, because I didn't know until after I had done all the work that there is a Swift UI map control now. <laughs> no, you, you, you want to wrap it still. Just just put your mind at ease. The, it's, it's, it's not ready yet. Okay, thanks. That's good to know. Because <laughs> even, even the map kit, you know, UI kit map is pretty basic. It doesn't offer a lot of control. So that's good yeah. to know. But um, but yeah, that, that, that's the only bit of UI kit in the app that, that, that I've explicitly coded. The rest is, um, is Swift UI. And it is... I've learned so much. I've done so much more Swift UI now than I ever have before. Mixing Swift UI with the Swift async stuff is also really fun. And I, I've my, my skills have leveled up so much in all these new APIs and new technologies, way more than they ever would have just trying to maintain Overcast uh, like at a regular pace. And and so this has been not only incredibly helpful to a very small number of people in my community, myself included, but also it's just been immensely valuable in my, my coding, you know, it, both in skill development and in, you know, mood improvement and, and motivation and, and, and um, what's the, <laughs> the movement? Anyway. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I think the reality is it is as someone. Inertia. Who talked That's to what you, I was thinking inertia. of. <laughs> That's, yeah. It's early. <laughs> it's early. It's fine. But as someone who has been talking to you every two weeks for, I don't know, for years, but more specifically in literally be like the last several months, it is, there is a, a tangible change in the way you are talking about your work as a result of this project that is meaningful and awesome. That is really just cool to hear that, you know, you, you were working on Overcast previously, but I didn't get a vibe. You know, you very rarely got the vibe that you were excited about it, that things were going awesome, that you were learning, that you felt like you were like using your ability as a developer in a way that is like awesome and tangible and, you know, to its greatest degree. That has been missing. And sometimes it does. We talked about this last week. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not, but it's really kind of a bummer when it's missing and it's really cool to hear that you found a way to unlock that. And whether it's an app that's used by 15 people, if it's an app that's used by no people, like that doesn't, that that is far less important in many ways than getting that process flowing again, getting you, you know, enriching yourself and your ability to make things and to enjoy that process, to get out of the funk and like get back on the road and be able to do things. And I think that is, so exciting just uh, both uh, just you know as as a friend of yours to hear that is just super cool and i love it and um it's it's exciting and i think you know professionally i think it's also just really cool as well that you found a way to get there and you know it's 
it's really, I think, one of the challenges of something like Overcast being as sort of established as it is. Um, you know, it reminds me if I, if you know, if, we, if you were working at at Apple, say, like we hear these stories of these developers where it's this tricky thing that after a certain, you know, the people who originally made whatever the big fancy new thing is, at some point get tired and sort of stuck main, maintaining it, and retention becomes really difficult. Or you have to cre- invent new projects, and you have to make big things for them to, you know, new exciting projects for them to work on. Because if you're a, sh- you know, a sharp, smart developer, you want to be learning, you want to be solving interesting problems, you want to be solving new problems, even if they're not like these big earth changing things, like you now know how to do maps, and you know how to do locations and do stuff that isn't, you know, audio and RSS parsing, which is like the core crux of overcast these are new things and new just fundamentally is exciting and is interesting and is is great i mean this is you know my, my in some ways like my, my whole development story is being maybe too far down this road where i just am <laughs> constantly making new things and i've gotten a little bit out of that you know early in my career i would just keep i kept making and you know i'd make like 10 apps 20 apps a, a year uh, and it got a little out of hand but you know i've settled down a bit but now i just like you know i'm building apps inside of other apps instead um which you know <laughs> is, 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 is a different approach but it's the it's, next it's logical progression <laughs> yeah that's like how how i'm solving this problem is it's like i'm just going to build new tools for widgetsmith or you know these types of things where i'm going down directions that aren't necessarily core to the primary experience but make it exciting interesting help me learn give me an opportunity to try something etc and it's just really cool that you found that thing and i'm excited to see what this now means for overcast that you know there is i from my own experience i know that there is you know you it's sort of like there's never wasted learning maybe is a, a way to say it like the learning that you have from this is going to find a home in your main projects in your any in any work you do in the future you now have rather, you know, as before, you may have only had, you know, when in it, like the, the old thing, right? So if, if all you have is a hammer, everything's and everything's a nail. It's like now you have both a hammer and a screwdriver. And so now you can choose which is the better solution for this. Try, you know, stick with the Swift async stuff or should I go or just keep with what I'm doing with, you know, Grand Central Dispatch or whatever it is. Like you have choices and those choices are sort of powerful in terms of what it allows you to do and so like that's just cool and like that's that, that's such a fun place to find yourself you know and i think it's it I, it's one of those things of i can sometimes hear you you know sort of diminishing this like oh it's only for 15 people it's like that that, that is that is and from my perspective maybe it's for you someone who's driving in it that that's the part that's uh you know there's 15 people who you want on it but it's like for me it's like if if no one used this while that would be disappointing in some ways it would still be super exciting that you went through that process of file new project, submit to the app store, went through the whole thing from beginning to end and had success. And like, I love success. <laughs> that's a, that's a good, <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's, and you know, and so much because I, I hit file new projects so infrequently and because I, I submit things to the app store even less frequently, like there are just parts of the process that I, that I had either totally forgotten about or, that have changed since I last did it because it was so many years ago and that you don't have to do like the, the press of submitting a new app to the app store. I, you're no stranger to it. Um, but, but you know, I, because I hadn't done it really in years, you know, like I, I was amazed how many steps there now are to do it. You know, you have, you have to cover things like the whole privacy checklist you have. I had to, in my case, make a, make a video to show app review, how different parts of my app worked because they couldn't, 
they couldn't test certain location-based things um, that that you know that require you to be here or that, that are only useful if you're here. Um, and there there are so many little little tricks and gotchas and metadata and you know pricing and availability and like there's there's so the privacy policy the privacy survey so much of that stuff you have to do now. And, and I think largely that's a good thing. Um, you know, most of those are there for good reasons. Uh, but but it was it was quite a process. I was also I was very pleasantly surprised. You know, Overcast started. Um, I think it was back then. It was still the um, the shoemaker era of the App Store um, with that person who was running it, who I think was probably not very good for developers. Um, and that was back when review times were still like you know three to seven days. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know and you know over over time that shrunk down to for overcast to about a day uh, and but meanwhile overcast has a watch app an ipad app a widget and carplay and so there's all these different extensions and especially carplay that has to be tested and i would imagine that j- that gets some scrutiny there's in-app purchase there's an auto renewing subscription for in-app purchase so overcast updates you know they take about a day maybe to get through maybe 36 hours to get through app review and this app, get, I did a bug, you know, the first one I had to give the video, that, that took a bit of time. But the, I did a bug fix update, and it took, I literally, I, I submitted it to the App Store, and I took a dog walk, and I came back, and it had been approved within 15 minutes. That's amazing. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, this is this is what it's like to have a new app that doesn't do that much, <laughs> that has no purchases, no money anywhere. <laughs> okay, so... I that I I was very pleased to see like wow like I thought Overcast was getting approved quickly but by being thirty six hours and this is approved in less than thirty six minutes like <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> so yeah I, I'm I'm this has been a, a wonderful project um, you know if you're looking for something new we are brought to you this week by Volley Games Volley Games is now hiring a lead iOS developer Volley makes the most popular games on Amazon Alexa and Google Home now they're bringing their award-winning voice-controlled gaming to iOS top Volley Games include The Price is Right Jeopardy and Song Quiz a name that to music trivia game with millions of users this is where you come in Volley is hiring a lead developer to bring its top games to iOS are you a creative and knowledgeable developer who wants to work on something new different and challenging hey that sounds familiar have you ever thought about voice controlled games on your phone volley's ios app is built in swift and takes advantage of cutting edge technologies including real-time speech recognition video chat and a cross-platform model layer they're also adding ar kit features soon for even more fun live gameplay with your friends volley offers top tier compensation benefits and unlimited in-office super smash brothers <laughs> this lead ios developer role can be based out of their san francisco office or hybrid or remote so essentially wherever you're based this role could work for you so if you're interested in working on the cutting edge of voice interfaces and gaming on iOS, please apply now at volleygames.com slash radar. That's volley, V-O-L-L-E-Y, games.com slash radar. As Volley's newest lead iOS developer, you'll be working on games with millions of users on day one and building the software and tools to bring them to millions more. Go there now, volleygames.com slash radar, to learn more about becoming Volley's lead iOS game developer. Our thanks to Volley Games for their support of this show and Relay FM. Yeah. And it's, I think, oh yeah. So, so it's like starting something new is so important. I think maybe as I'm just trying to think of like, where do, where do sort of, 
wrap the or make it make your 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 experience, which is so wonderful and so encouraging, to make it more generalizable. And I think the, I'm just I'm so stuck on the value of new of trying something that's different than what you've done before, finding a way to do it, a time to do it. You know, it's like the importance of having a side project if you work a nine to five, that it could be a useful thing that is just, you know, there is something just time and time again, I have found that, you know, expanding your ability in, in ways that are slightly uncomfortable to start, but become comfortable as you do them is such an important part in having a sort of a long, meaningful career in development that I, I, I'm sure there are some people who enjoy just being an expert at one thing and being, you know, it's like you could imagine the sort of canonical, like the COBOL developer who's been working on some big financial mainframe for their entire career. And that's what they do. They're an expert and they're super kind of like in there and they know what they're doing. Great. If that's you, you know, rock out. It's very unlikely you're a, you're, you're a listener to under the radar, I would say. If you're someone who wants to make things, who is excited about being independent or about, you know, sort of just the creative side of software development, find something, always be finding something new to make. Get, don't get, if you feel like you're, you know, you're doing the same, the same thing over and over again, I think it's such an important thing to take a step back and say, what is something that I would be excited to try? What is something that I would be, would be cool to do? Whether it has an audience like your thing where, even if it's a small audience, there is some audience, some community, some something that you care about, or even if it isn't, like just something new. I've written many apps that never got shipped that some of them I use, some of them I don't. Some of them are just things to explore. Some of them are ideas I have that you go halfway down and you realize it's a bad idea, but the process of getting from zero to bad idea is sometimes just as <laughs> instructive as from getting from you know zero to good idea. Um, like find something to do because inevitably that journey, it will make you better on your next journey. And it's like, you're just kind of continuing to, you know, I almost makes me think of when you're like playing an RPG or something like that, where you're in a game where it's like, you know, as you, you add, you know, experience points and increase your equipment and all of the capabilities of your character, like that's you just in real life that, the more you, but you know, but if you just, if you just stay in like the, you know, the home zone of the game and never go out on adventures, you'll never get better. You'll never, you know, find new equipment. You'll never find new experience points. You'll never learn new skills, etc. Like that is true in the game, but it's also very true in life. Yeah. And it's, I feel like it's so easy to like, if, if you are, you know, like really like my position with Overcast is very fortunate. I'm, I'm very fortunate to, to have this app that is my main business and income that is sustained itself for all these years. You know, it's, I made it in 2014. Like, <laughs> so it's been, it's been a while. It's been, you know, eight years going. And because I've been doing this and, and it, it basically provides infinite work, like anything I want to, anytime I want to spend programming, there is something that I should be doing or could be doing for overcast that, that would be beneficial yeah. for it. So it can absorb an infinite an infinite amount of work and time, and so because of that, um, I and and it's justified, you know, like like it it makes good enough money that it's justified, and I, and I feel like I should be doing that, and in fact, I feel I feel anti motivated, demotivated to do anything else because sure. any any time I'm spending doing anything else, I'm feeling like you know I really should be working on Overcast instead, and but it's so easy there you know, if you're in that pattern, which again is a fortunate position to be in in general, 
it's so easy to get stuck and to then never explore anything new, to never look at any APIs that aren't relevant to your app, to, you know, to mainly stay in, in like large code base maintenance mode and not like new clean start mode. And, you know, as we talked about the last you know couple, couple episodes, like that can be um, really a, a, a rut that you get stuck in. And it's very hard to get out of that. And and um, and when you do have some kind of like side idea or side project, that can be so so valuable in in you know not only professional development, but you know in in just keeping your interest and, and keeping those juices flowing. And that's what I found with this. And even though, again, please don't go find it because it's not going to be useful to you. And if everybody goes and pokes around, it'll be bad. So like, please don't do that. But uh, th- it's not. This is not about this app. This is about like. It's really great to have side projects and to try new things, and it it really does help tremendously, you know. And and now I'm I'm going back to Overcast now with just a, a huge amount of inertia and motivation and a huge list of ideas on how to how to take it forward, how to deal with this massive legacy code base, what directions to go, and I'm also now just way better at things like Swift UI. You know, I, 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 it's very hard for me to experiment much with Swift UI and Overcast because not only is it a giant established code base that has almost no Swift UI anywhere in it, but it's also m- much higher stakes that if I mess something up, that's going to be seen by way more people and it could even get bad press or whatever. Like it's, it, you know, bad user reviews on, on my main app that matters a lot to me. And so, the, you know, the stakes are too high there to do a lot of experimentation. Whereas when I'm doing side projects or things just for just for me or little you know little exercises, I can do whatever I want and the stakes are much lower and I can use that as a place to safely learn outside of the spotlight and outside of user reviews that matter and you know and I can I can just learn and experiment and and try different directions and I can I can have you know embarrassing bugs and I can just quietly. <laughs> fix them and not have to deal with it you know like not have to deal with the fallout uh, of you know from from lots and lots of people so that's also very good and, and again it's a fortunate place to be in where you have that many people looking at your work but but it also you know it's important to keep that balance um and you know even you know even if you work for a company like you, you have probably have the same issues of like you know you have a lot you have much higher stakes with your with your apps uh you, it makes it hard to experiment and hard to um hard to try new things yeah, and I think it, it it speaks a lot to I know in our last episode we were talking a lot about sort of the the self care mental health aspect of this, and I think that lowering of stakes is such an important part. I think in having a a a, a I guess a well a well structured self view in terms of yourself as a developer. That if everything you do is super high stakes, super dangerous, you know, has that sense of stress and danger. Like that is fundamentally going to wear on you. It is going to sap the sort of joy and excitement and passion from your work. And it's going to make you, you know, it just, it's adding stress. It's like if every time I, you know, if every time I walked down the stairs in my house, there was no handrail. And so it's like, suddenly it's like a little bit dangerous, a little bit scary. It's like, I'm going to, I'm not going to spend as much time going up and down the stairs. And I think there's a similar aspect that it just slowly wears on you. And then at some point you realize, wow, I am stuck. At least that's in my experience that I have had many times that I get too stuck. I mean, especially when I found when, as my apps had some amount of traction, 
And suddenly you start to think of each of the downloads as a person and you think about, you know, <laughs> if, if those people were in an arena, like, and I was standing in the middle and I was about to give each of those people something that in some ways that's what's happening when I'm, you know, I'm shipping an app update and it's like, I'm handing this thing out to thousands of people and I hope it works. And like, that's, that could create this stress that is not nice and probably best not to think about in a lot of ways. And so I think there is definitely something about finding ways to have low stakes work to improve yourself and to balance out a bit of the self-care and taking care of yourself so that you can have opportunities, you know, to, to do the work that you enjoy. And that is, you know, the reason that both of us, I think, got into development is because we enjoy it. Like it isn't, I, I'm, I'm fortunate to be, you know, have some skill and aptitude in it, but it is certainly something that I can enjoy and that there are parts of it that are, you know, that are actually things that I enjoy doing that I'm, you know, I'm not sad that, that I'm a developer. And, but, that's definitely not the case all the time. And I think if I'm not careful, that can become the case most of the time that I'm not enjoying it. But I need, if I take the appropriate steps as I'm going, I'm able to find that hole. And I'm just so glad you found it. And it's very cool. And I've, it's, it, I love the app. I have it. Um, yeah, I, I went and looked for it. I think I have permission, even though I've, I've, if I'm if I'm honest, I've never been to Fire Island, um, but I have it there, and I'll of course make sure that you know it's like I'll rate and review, give it five stars, just because I know it's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. And uh, yeah, thanks to everyone else out there who, uh, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about, about these, you know, motivation challenges and, and self-care needs for developers over the last, you know, last couple of weeks. And we've heard from a few people, you know, in great support of that. And, and so I wanted to thank everyone out there as well, um, you know, for, for knowing that you aren't alone and for telling us that we aren't alone. So thank you for yeah. that. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you in two weeks. Drive safe.